This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Your fly box probably resembles the inside of your fridge or your sock drawer. The arrangement is haphazard. Perhaps it was organized at one time, but after weeks or months of adding new flies wherever they can fit, you have a random assortment of dry flies, nymphs, and streamers, and there's no rhyme or reason to where you put something. I mean, if you find an open space in that fly box, you shove a fly into the slot. You have more important things to do, right? Like fishing the next run or getting home before your family calls uh, 911. Besides, arranging your fly box is for the uptight... <laughs> Highly organized people like Steve, who who puts his underwear <laughs> oh, right. in tiny squares oh, and, yes. yeah, and, right. and in grids inside his drawers, uh, dresser drawers. Oh man, I'm I'm not that bad, Dave. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I tend to be a little bit too organized. But but actually, there, there's a uh, there's there's really more to organizing your fly box than uh, uh, than just being a uh, you know keeping the the crazy people like me, you know, from, from going nuts because of disorganized people like you. <laughs> oh, do not put that on me. I know. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> that well, hey, today we're going to visit with Peter Stitcher. Uh, he is an aquatic biologist from Ascent Fly Fishing Company. Uh, we want to find out why you ought to consider ordering or creating order in your fly box. It just might help you catch more fish. So, Peter, welcome to our podcast. Steve and Dave, thank you for having me this morning. Well, Peter, let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your company and just kind of your arc, your story uh, to get to, to where you are with Ascent Fly Fishing and also River Oracle, which is your educational uh, piece to your, your enterprise. So what exactly, let's begin with, what is exactly an aquatic biologist and how did you become one? Right. Well, it's a it's a long road. We all we all look for a, a job where it doesn't feel like you're working. And and for me, that's always been uh, being on the river and and uh, playing with trout. So um, a little bit later in life, I I went back to school after a couple degrees I didn't want to use and and studied aquatic biology. And what that is is uh, really understanding the the interconnectedness of of the river of trout physiology and feeding behavior and the bugs and, and how they all play together to make healthy environments and healthy ecosystems. So what I do in, in you know, my professional career as a biologist is, is I study, I design, I build and manage trophy trout fisheries across the uh, mostly the western United States. Is that where you grew up uh, and have lived most of your life? Grew up in the Midwest, but really um, sunk my teeth into the, the biology aspect of, of the world of trout in Oregon. So I went to Oregon State okay. and starting out as a young biologist, lived out of my truck for two years, wow. studying different salmon waters every night and fishing a different uh, river every day. Why is this an important topic? I mean, what, what does creating order in your fly box really solve? I mean, is, is Dave right that it's just for people like me who tend to be I have to have everything in the right slot, or, or what's you know, what's the payoff for it? It can sound a little OCD uh, to, to some people, or or just overwhelming to the vast majority of anglers. What I've created through a Fly Fishing and River Oracle is I try to take 
the geeky stuff I do as a biologist, simplify it into something you can tie in your line. And so that the next time you go to the river, it's going to be the best day you've ever had on the river. And so that's kind of why we've created this, uh, you know, this method for organization and, and why it's important. If I ask any of your listeners, are you fishing enough? Have you been out fishing? I guarantee you 99.9% of them are going to say, no, I'm not fishing enough. I'm not fishing as much as I want to. And so that time we have the river is, is important. It's special. It's like we want to conserve that and use that for actually netting fish. And a disorganized fly box is going to waste time on the water. You're going to be hunting and pecking for bugs when, when there's a hatch. You're going to miss as those fish transition from feeding on emergers to maybe a dun or, or a spinner life cycle. And, and you're going to waste that time. So it's, it's important for catching fish. And also it's important for saving money in the fly shop. Most of us or most anglers go into a fly shop and they ask what's working and they, they get handed, you know, 10 flies and, and they don't know what they are and when to fish them. And, and, and they're as, in as bad a condition as when they got in there. So this also is going to help anglers identify those flies, know what they imitate, and, and know when to fish them. So how does this all work? What kind of method do you use for organizing your fly box? Is there some sort of meta strategy that you have uh, as, you, as you think about this? The method that we've created and, and the video that we've uh, kind of built to help anglers you know, identify these flies or organize their bugs is called the hatch organization method. And so based on my experience on the water, you know, studying trout, studying their food for for years, um, we have built this method that's going to follow the life of that bug from the bottom of the river through the water column as they hatch, breaking through the surface, through their dry adult life cycle to when they're swarming and egg laying and they're returning to the water. And the reason that we follow that and the way we organize our boxes, that's how trout feed. They follow the food off the bottom of the river, chase it to the surface. They splash at it as it leaves the river and then they they greet it with open mouths as it returns to the river. So if our fly box is laid out in that order by this hatch um, method, by this following the, the life cycles of the bugs, we can follow that very quickly through our box as the fish chase the food, and we keep the, the right flies in front of the fish as they move through kind of these courses in the meal. Um, so that is, you know, following nature, following the way trout feed. That's how I organize every fly box that leaves my shop for my clients. So if you have, uh, you know that you've got caddis on a particular river, do you have, uh, uh, do you line it up so maybe it starts with your caddis nymphs and then it moves into you know, eventually like to an elk or caddis dry fly? Is that how you do it? One page of the box, one side of your fly box, I dedicate to all the wet flies that imitate the aquatic life cycles of each of these families of insects. So the top row... I give to probably the most dominant family, the most uh, readily available year-round throughout the country, and that's our midges, gnats, chironomids, those little bugs. Mm. And so top rows are our midges, followed by our mayfly nymphs and wet emergers, then our caddis, our stoneflies. And then I have uh, one or two rows dedicated on the bottom for what I call edible others, which would include worms, eggs, scuds, sow bugs, and streamers. Um, so all the aquatic life cycles are on one page. Each row in that fly box, each row on that page is going to be dedicated to a specific group of trout foods. So there's a midge row, a mayfly row, a caddis row. 
I, I organize it just like you'd read a book. So starting on the left side of our mid row, the left side of our mayfly row, we find those insects at their earliest life cycle, as soon as they hatch out of the egg. So our midge larvae are on the left side of the mid row. The mayfly nymphs are on the left side, the caddis larvae and case caddis. And then as we move to the right across that row, almost like we're reading through a book, you know, kind of highlighting the story of the life of this bug, we follow that bug towards the surface of the water. Wow. So then we have our midge emergers, our mayfly emergers, our caddis pupa. And so as we are fishing then, we can identify, all right, there's a lot of caddis larvae in the water. We start on the left side of that row. As those caddis maybe start breaking out of their cases, the pupa start to hatch. Um, we just run our finger across that same row and we join that trout where they're feeding next. Wow. What do you do about hook sizes? I mean, do you have, do you have like, say, 14s or 16s or 18s or, or how, how do you, how do you handle that piece? In, in the video, um, we, we generally, we were grouping patterns together, families of, of, of insects. So our blooming olives are grouped together. So that's going to be a similar group of, of hook sizes some similar colors. Our pale morning duns or sulfurs are, are, are grouped together on those, uh, on those mayfly rows. So, I mean, I, I, I group similar patterns. I group similar colors. And even if you don't know the name, I mean, if you can identify, these are the characteristics to say, this is a mayfly dun. It's, it's olive. It's about a size 18 to a 24. I'm going to put all those together for okay. you know, my blooming olives. Okay. So I, I watched the video, and one of the things I – two things I thought were really good. One is you don't advise – having a ton of fly boxes, which as I look in my satchel that I use, I'm just, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a salad, you know, with uh, tomatoes. It's and, a disorganized, it's a disorganized <laughs> mess. <laughs> but somehow I still outfish you, my friend. So how, how does that work? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't, my strategy is out, out uh, fishing you. But anyway, I digress. So, so you don't recommend a ton of fly boxes. I think you said two, maybe you said mm -hmm. like some of those fly boxes hold like 400, but I just thought that was interesting. The second thing I thought was good was you, you talk about just putting all your flies out on a table and in a sense starting over and begin to organize it based on your strategy, which is from left to right, um, dries, wet flies, and, uh, and, and streamers. We have limited real estate. I mean, you don't want to carry, um, you know, 20 boxes onto the river. Otherwise, you're just hunting and pecking again, looking for, you know, where did I put my caddis flies? And so... You know, to simplify, that's what we need to do. We need to simplify and, um, you know, not drink the fly shop Kool-Aid. The fly shop wants you to buy a 1,000 flies. They want you to buy 20 boxes. I want you to have exactly what you need for success on your river and then just have fun on the water. So less boxes makes it easier to find the right flies on the water. You know, progressing through these boxes uh, and, and organizing, um, something that we talk specifically about, you know, the wet side. Uh, something I failed to mention is as soon as these bugs hit the surface of the water, we kind of continue that process to the, the opposite page of the box. And on that same row, we, we follow each of those dry life cycles out of the water. Um, so we move you know, through the dry emergers, the duns, uh, the emerging caddis, things like that. So it's, it's on the same row. It's very simple. Um, so simplicity is, is, is what I'm going for. What, what kind of, speaking of fly boxes, what kind of fly boxes work best or I guess, what are the characteristics of a good fly box? Do you have to spend $50 to get a decent fly box? Or what do you recommend? 
you know, I think, you know, there's, there's a number of price points, but I think the, the main thing is, is how the flies are, are being held within that box. Um, ripple foam and foam sheets are kind of the old school of what's been done or metal clips or containers. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the, the slit foam fly boxes or slit silicone, like the, the yeah. tacky yeah. or the, the Brooks mm-hmm. fly boxes out of Montana. And you can just back those flies in like a parking space. It provides longevity. You're not tearing them up as you bring right. flies in and out. Um, yeah, it's uh, those are good. And then waterproof fly boxes. Yes. I, I can't tell you how many people on the river, they bring in their box. I'm looking at it. And, you know, these, these hooks are rusted. And, and you're going to lose that 28-inch trout. You're going to lose that 12-inch trout when they, uh-huh. they hook into it because that hook's going to break. So uh-huh. waterproof is important as well. Wow. So what's the best way, I mean, you've just ripped through some, a, a lot of entomology in our conversation, talking about, you know, starting out in the nymph stage, moving through to the, you know, eventually the spinner and the, you know, the death of the fly. What's the best way to learn entomology? And, you know, that is to be able to tell if the flies you're seeing are mayflies or stoneflies, or if they're in the dun or in the spinner stage. It seems like there's a modicum of knowledge that you need to be productive. You don't need to be an aquatic biologist, but there is a modicum of, of knowledge. Where do, where do we go to get that? Yeah, great, great question. And there's, there's a lot of good resources. I mean, there's some, uh, some very storied authors like Dave Whitlock that's you know, written some of the kind of the Bibles of, of aquatic insects. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as far as the stuff that we're producing uh, on on our website, ascentflyfishing.com, for every single fly pattern, we have 450,000 flies. Um, but I list the family, species, and life cycle of every fly. So you can search by hatch. Like, all right, what are uh, sulfur mayfly patterns? And then what are the dun patterns? And it'll pull all those up so you can start to identify this is what they are, this is where they might go in my box. Um, also, um, I... You know, have a, a blog with over four and a half years worth of articles that we take some geeky aspect of entomology or fish vision or fish feeding behavior, and we teach you how to tie that on and really have a, a, a good day on the water. So we, we break down step-by-step, step, life cycle by life cycle, all of those insects, and uh, and then the, the key patterns that match each of those on the blog. But that's, that's also what this video does, the creating order in your fly box. We're talking about all these life cycles, but if you can't identify the pattern still and where they belong, you know, on the river, it's not a lot of help. So right. in this video, we go step by step through each of the lives of these major aquatic families. And we stop and we show you the real bugs. This is what a mayfly nymph looks like. We highlight these are the characteristics, the tails, the legs, the head, the gills that say this is going to be a mayfly in the water. And then we show you these are the types of patterns and the characteristics that match this life cycle for this bug and then we sort them out together we pack you know two inches of that row and then we move on to the next life cycle so that video is just a detailed catalog on how to identify it on the water how to identify the box and then together we we pull it out and we pack it together it really is good i'm going to talk with you about that in just a moment but i have one final question so when you you head out to the river, um, how do you figure out what's what's hatching? I mean, besides besides you know visually, I mean, do you do you ever take a little scene, a little net, or you know roll roll over rocks or anything like that? What do you recommend? 
Absolutely. And this, this is a large conversation, but um, so through River Oracle, we, we produce all of the tools that help you to, at a glance, go to a river, sample a spider web, sample a, an eddy to sing the bottom of the river and really pull that, that menu out of the water. That menu is written all around the river. It's written in how those insects are swarming and flying over the water. It's written in what is trapped in that spider web, but specifically under the water, as you mentioned, seining is the most important aspect to hmm. choosing the right fly pattern. And wow. for your listeners who might not have heard the word seining before, a seining is a fine mesh net that just slips over the basket of your landing net and you reach down into the water, push that basket of your landing net, net against the bottom of the river, and then immediately upstream, we, we kick and we disturb the substrate. So it's going to kick all these aquatic insects up into the current. They drift down into your net. And when you pull that up, I mean, that's really like lifting the menu off the table. Wow. These are the sizes, the colors, the profiles that the trout are seeing and feeding on. That's what we're matching to when we look into our boxes. That's great. Um, so, so how can we yeah. get the video or the film that you've produced? How can our listeners right. get that? So um, there's a couple ways to do it. They can get it in a traditional DVD format if they prefer, and that's available on ascentflyfishing.com and riveroracle.com, or we have a, a streamable version that uh, they can stream it on their iPhone or iPad, and uh, that would be at watch.riveroracle.com. And they can even rent it uh, in that streamable version for a couple dollars just to kind of get a taste and, and get, get started getting organized. So, yeah, we, we try to make it easy and, and accessible any way they want to watch it. One of the things I've had to do through the years since I'm not a, a biologist is I feel like I have to always go back to the basics. Like what is a midge? What is a you know mayfly? What is a caddis? You know, what, what's a, what's the done stage? What's the spinner? St you know, and just, and so one of the things I've appreciated about, about your sites is that it, it kind of, it just, it makes me feel like I'm not stupid and, and, and that I can understand it. And I'm holding my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> you can get pushed in the river, Steve. Exactly. All of, a, yeah, all of a sudden, Steve doesn't return from our Montana trip. Hey, <laughs> I don't know. I think he hurt his leg way back in the country. I haven't seen him since. <laughs> oh, well, let's wrap this up. Is there any final like takeaway that you might give uh, fly fishers as they think about it, it? I mean, honestly, it does feel a little overwhelming. In fact, I'm I'm thinking about Steve and I are about ready to head out to Montana, and I'm thinking, you know what? I really need to do your organizational method of of taking all my flies out and at least start it. Is there any other takeaway that uh, you might want to add here at the close of our, of our interview? And this has been terrific, by the way. Well, again, yeah, thank you again so much for having me on, but you know, fly fishing is a, it is a place of belonging, of community, of life. It is not supposed to be complicated. Um, I guarantee you the fly shops don't have a crystal ball. Uh, that's going to tell them the perfect flies. It's, it's not voodoo. I mean, this is science. It's measurable. And, and I want you to be successful. I want each of your listeners to be successful. And, um, again, we are trying to create these tools that are going to break down the nomenclature, simplify the hatches. These are the 10 best mayfly patterns, you know. If you have these, this is all you need, really. You know, fish in different sizes. So I'm a resource. So, I mean, my mobile is on our website. My email is on there. 
people text me photos of bugs from the water like what is this and i will answer them wow. at six in the morning so um yeah my wife is a very patient woman but you know the partner in the business but yeah i hope that they utilize i mean these tools are all free um we're building a glossary of terms with videos in our youtube channel that are going to just break down all this geeky wordage and verbiage that yeah. we use so yeah i encourage them to check out the website call me if you need a biologist crafted selection I mean, it's a dollar thirty-five of flies. So, I mean, we are making this accessible every way we can, and uh, I, I hope your listeners feel empowered to go out and know their bugs and match the hatch and just have the best day ever on the water. Well, that's terrific, Peter. And by the way, for our listeners, Peter's been very gracious. Uh, uh, we'll put a code on the uh, notes page, but uh, he's offered to give a what, like a five-dollar discount off of. Uh, uh, what like the video or orders over a certain amount? Yeah, so we'll give five dollars off to um, create an order in your fly box DVD okay. or download. So that that code will be good for Ascent Fly Fishing and um, RiverOracle.com. Great. Oh, that's very generous, Peter. Thank you so much for your time. I sure hope that uh, that at some point we can get you back on. You have, I mean, there's probably a thousand topics that we need for you to address, but uh, this has been a good introduction to your work. And by the way, Peter lives in Colorado, um, and he said that uh, it's a beautiful, you know, sunny day there, like it always is. You know, it's like 300 days of that, don't they say, Peter? Yeah, yeah, 320. Yeah, we're we're lucky. Don't tell anyone though; they all move here. Well, they are all moving. Well, here. we're we're getting one of our 320 <laughs> gray overcast days. So. <laughs> so true <laughs> oh man well hey you guys have a biologist on speed dial now thank you so much i'd love to join you again anytime thank you so much thank you all right thank Take you care. so much peter and now a word about our sponsor dr squatch men's natural outdoor soap Dave, as you know, I'm not a coffee drinker. I must have a mutant gene. You so are a mutant. I know. Uh, there's something strange about me. I mean, I've got a couple grandkids, little kids, who like coffee, and I, I don't. I never grew up. I, I, I have a mutant gene. But my uh, pick-me-up in the morning is not a cup of coffee. It's a nice hot shower. And I really enjoy uh, showering now that I've, uh, even more, that I'm using uh, Dr. Squatch soap. And uh, we've talked a little bit about the soap before. It's fantastic. Yep. But I love the shampoo. The shampoo and conditioner, man, it is, feels great. It smells so uh, clean and fresh. And I have to confess that uh, I'm about to run out, and they, they've sent us free samples of soap. But I'm going to pay uh, my own money to get... Uh, another bottle of shampoo and then another bottle of conditioner. It's just worth it. I'm sorry that I have now this image of you taking a shower. <laughs> uh, I really didn't want that. But uh, <sighs> we will say this, that we do love Dr. Squatch. And hey, if you jump on the website, you can get 20% off by using the two guys promo, two guys, and just put that little uh, promo code in the in the box in the field and and fill up your cart with with product and i think you'll be really you have to try it and i think you'll really enjoy the soap so go to drsquatch.com put in the promo code and enjoy your shower and now back to our podcast steve anything fresh that you took away from this podcast in particular anything that you plan to do differently oh dave all my flies are organized already <laughs> <laughs> you live in perfection. Oh man. No, actually they're they're not. Uh my my box is pretty random with stuff I've uh stuffed in. So, yeah, I might group my nymphs deliberately as mayflies, caddisflies, stoneflies. 
I mean, the difference in dry fly patterns is, is really obvious, but not as much to me when it comes to nymphs, at least, okay, is this a caddis nymph or a mayfly nymph? Yeah, for sure. I mean, stonefly nymphs are going to be a little bit bigger, but I, I think I'm going to do something along those lines. How about you? I really like the idea of Rose moving through the stages. Yeah, that is good. It just makes complete really sense does. to me. Yep. And I like the idea of a front for the early stages and the backside for dries, the duns and spinners. Yeah. Um, so really, I'm thinking that front goes from nymphs to emergers. So nymphs on the left side, and then far right on that that front side is the is the emergers, right? Yeah, and then right. you turn it mm -hmm. over, and probably you'll have duns and spinners on the on the other side of that box. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I also think you know the law of entropy is always going to be there, right? That things grow increasingly towards disorder <laughs> and chaos. Yep. I just think that's oh, yeah. a that's a natural part mm -hmm. of of your box, right? And I I do think it just requires some just a few little disciplines. I think if you have a system, yeah, mm -hmm. it really helps you kind of get back to order, even though there is that disorder and chaos. Yeah. Well, I already in my fly box, I I have. Uh, well, I have a two-sided box that I haven't used yet. I'm going to move my flies to that because I my my wet fly box is broken, but I do have a wet fly box and a dry fly box. So I have I have separated those, and I have a row of say parachute atoms. And I, uh, but you, you're right, uh, chaos happens. And man, if I'm in a hurry, I I just find a slot and then I keep moving. And I do have a. One fly box that's just for driftless, the driftless area where we fish, and then one for the west where we fish, simply because there are some nuances to the patterns. For example, the crane flies. Now they're probably crane flies out in in Montana, but there's yeah, mm -hmm. they, there's a specific hatch of crane flies in in the driftless area. So. I'm, I might just keep two separate boxes, one for the West and one for the Driftless. Yeah. I, I still I need mean, to think about that. That does make sense. And, and I think he said, too, you don't need that many flies of a particular pattern. Right, so that's true. It, it would be pretty easy to have a, a Driftless box and a, and, a, and a Western Rivers box. It well, if you sense. have a system, you know, you don't need this. You don't need uh, Peter's right. advice. Mm -hmm. But if, if you don't have a system, by all means, uh, use his system. Yeah. Pick it up. At least take a look at sure. it. Sure. Yeah. And even if you do have a system, you, you might learn something from his. So, If you don't have a system, then now may be the time to just jump on his website at Ascent Fly Fishing or River Oracle and 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 take a look at his films i i think yeah it's just it was such a good reminder yep. some of this stuff mm -hmm. is not like new but the what was new is the way he structured things it really was you know yep. from left to right from you know the early stage to later stage i mean that just it sounds so patently obvious yep. after you say it but i wouldn't have ever thought of that it is and he will give a five dollar discount on uh, the purchase of that uh, video creating order in your fly box if you uh, you'll have to go to our show notes. So, in other words, you'll have to go to our website and find this particular uh, podcast. But in the show notes, uh, we'll have the, the discount code that you can use to, to plug in. And by the that. way, it should be known that uh, he is not a sponsor of this podcast and, right. uh, as of today. So, all that goes to him. It doesn't go to us. So, right. we're not benefiting in, either, in any way from this. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Dave. Well, that'll do it for today. It's time now for great stuff from our listeners, and we always love to hear from listeners with great names like Steve. <laughs> and here is listener Steve's response to our piece on drift boat fly fishing. Steve writes, Besides getting access to great water, easy dead drifts without mending, and a chance to stow all my gear under the seat, 
One of my favorite things about a drift boat is that it's the most sociable form of fly fishing. Yes, I love solitude, but the boat gives an opportunity to fish and talk with, gui with friends and a guide in a way that is simply not spatially possible when wading. Whoa, he is so right on. Yeah, he I've is. I've never thought of it like that. There is a different kind of conversation on a drift boat. It's almost like you're sitting at a bar or at a table with friends. Yeah, it really is. Because yeah. you have this ongoing conversation. I remember conversations with Toby from uh, the fly shop out in Montana mm -hmm. talking about yep. his business and how he was positioning the business given all the other competitor fly shops. And, you know, after a day on the river in a drift boat, you really you get to know people in a different way. That's really a good observation. Yeah, it really is. Well, that's going to do it for today. What have you learned over the years about organizing your fly box? Please tell us by commenting on this podcast link at twoguysinariver.com. What tips can you share for storing your flies in a way that makes them accessible when you get to the river? And thank you for referring our podcast to your TU chapter, Fly Fishing Club, all your friends. That is how we have grown. We're just very, very grateful for that. We're grateful for your trust. We'd also like to hear your ideas for podcast episodes. We just did a podcast on the proper care and, and handling and photographing of fish, and that came directly from, from a listener. In fact, all the content came from the listener. So we definitely take your ideas for podcasts. Reach out to us on Instant Messenger or Instagram or Twitter. One more thing, if you haven't yet purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is short. Catch more fish. Please do so. You can find it on Amazon. We're going to just torture you with the slow drip until you buy this book. That sounds good. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs>